Lift your voice. Lift your voice. If you've got a voice, lift your voice. Entertain what's flowing through this atmosphere. Lift your voice. Life is in this atmosphere. Life is in this environment. When I walked through those doors, I felt life all over this place. Life streaming into your death trap. Life streaming into your sickness. Life streaming into your disease. Life streaming into your problem. Life streaming into your circumstance. There's life in this building. There's life in this building. I want you to stop thinking your death trap. There's life in this place. I want you to stop thinking the stop of your circumstance. There's life in this house. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Somebody shout, life has come. Life has come. Life has come. Shatokoro. want you to be sensitive to what's moving in this atmosphere. If singing could produce a baby, you'd have an awesome looking child. Something's being born in you. That's what I saw while you started singing. Something's being born. You're going to birth something in the spirit that outproduces your talent. I said, you're going to burst something in the spirit that outproduces your talent. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And I know you do too. Mm. I just want to preach for a little while. The spirit giveth. Would you please receive? The spirit giveth. Would you please receive? The Spirit giveth. Would you please receive? Clap your hands one more time as you're seated. Go ahead. You can sit down clapping if you don't mind. Oh, I don't think you can do that, apparently. <laughs> Let's try it again. Clap again. Jesus, breath is in this room. Isaiah said that by the time Jesus would show up, their eyes would become dim, their hearing would become dwarfed, and their sensibility, their sensitivity would become blocked as it were. Their hearts would not be able to perceive. Is it possible to get a promise so long that it becomes dull and it becomes dim and it becomes dormant or you can't hear, you can't see, and you can't perceive when it actually shows up?
God don't let me get to the point that by the time promise turns to reality my senses have become dulled and I can't see it and I can't hear it and I can't feel it because I'm telling you what's coming to the culmination of the end time is upon us. It's right inside of our atmosphere. Let us not become dull. Amen of hearing or dim of seeing and hardened of perceiving what the Lord has allowed to come among us. I tell you, it's in the atmosphere when I walk through the doors and I hear singing. It's not the good singing of gospel music and sound and choir coming through that makes my emotional state trigger. It's what I sense in the spirit when I come amongst the body of believers that join together in faith and that faith becomes as one in what you don't have faith for I've got faith for and what I don't have faith for you have faith for and all of a sudden the culmination of two or three gathered together in his name there he comes in the midst of them and when Jesus shows up everything is possible Isaiah in his prophetical writing did not know the abstract condition of contrast would be so prevalent by the time Jesus showed up and all God really wanted to do was introduce his life, his breath. Bible says when you open to the first chapter and the first writing and reading of a foundational truth called Genesis as we title it by script, it simply says, and he said, let there be light of God just speaks one word. The turn of events is inevitable if God just speaks one word. That circumstance, amen, is turning on a dime. Can you imagine Amen, the man that you saw his face as he told you about the revivals all over the world as he read script after script after script. Can you imagine that man right now has a wife that's dying of Lou Gehrig's disease in her body or her components in her physical body are giving up, but I just saw him in the islands a few weeks ago. He said, I don't know what's going on. I can't explain it. He said, all I know is God has everything in control and God knows what's going on. And that man in the face of atrocity that doesn't make sense can sit there behind a desk and communicate miracle after miracle after miracle from country to country. I think it's easy, possible, probable for us to step into the atmosphere fear in this house and say God you give life I've come to receive life oh clap your hands give a voice Jesus shows up on a very unorthodox scene his timing of arrival is on the precipice of Kwan Wu Kin 
and Buddhism being established about the same era of time. But here comes, amen, a lowly savior out of an unexpected place, birthed out of an unexpected womb by an unexpected lady who is now expecting. When God chooses to give life. That is that Genesis 1, yea, even Genesis 2 where it says in God, breathe, God, talk, God, breathe. God opens his mouth and life just begins to transcend human logic. Just get in a position where you can hear his voice because once you hear those words, he's not just breathing words. He's not just reading poetry. He's not just professing a concept when he opens his mouth he is loosing life and God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and Adam became a living soul that is your Genesis too, and then you go and fast forward very fast and he gave up or the ghost or breathed out his spirit as it is iterated by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John on the cross. Everywhere you find God invisible or God manifest in flesh, it seems like every opportunity he has that he gets close to humanity, he opens his mouth for the sole purpose of giving life. A word could produce life, then I'm sure there's enough of them in 66 books that life is all around us. Isn't it amazing that people hardly read the life-giving source called the Word of God? Because life has become possibly cycled. But I tell you, the Spirit very clearly spoke to me and he said I'm going to lose life life that he came to try to get people on the earth to align their ears, their eyes, their senses, amen, their sensitivity unto why? Because once you align the stream that comes to it by reason of who's saying it, by reason of his dominion and authority and power and ability and goodness Somebody said, God is good. You sung it, God is good. A man, a friend of mine said, God spoke to him, God is good. He said, I know. He said, no, you don't. He said, I'm good. He said, but God, I do know. He said, no, you don't. He said, I'm good. He said, well, what are you saying? He said, I'm always good. He said, I can't be anything but good. He said, once you tap into who I am, good automatically is the end result because I am good. John chapter 10 reveals an awakening, enlightening of a people that had become dull to senses, but yet the master comes and he's trying to communicate the shepherd is coming. The shepherd is coming. The shepherd has come. Once the shepherd has come, the wolf's not coming. 
The shepherd is coming. Everything is going to be all right. The shepherd is coming. The shepherd is showing up. Therefore, the lamb's going to be protected. The shepherd has come. Therefore, the fields are going to be restored. The shepherd has come. Therefore, all the foundational truths of the structure that you've read and learned about over 600 and something laws that you live by all your life. The shepherd has come. When the shepherd comes, the shepherd restores. When the shepherd comes, the shepherd heals. When the shepherd comes, the shepherd makes whole. When the shepherd comes, the shepherd speaks everything out of that environment that is not of the shepherd. The shepherd has come. I want you to hear the shepherd's voice. He's trying to communicate. He opens the 10th chapter as we describe it in John chapter 10. He's trying to tell them he's here. He's come what you've believed, what you've waited for, what you've anticipated, what you were hoping was true. What you were hoping was true. You hoped for a long time before you touched the hem of truth and you got sidetracked by men that said it wasn't God and it wasn't of God. And diversions took place and caused a windy road, but the road got straight not too long ago. And now hope deferred that used to make the heart sick shall now be hope fulfilled, which will make your heart complete, saith the Lord. God's not going to let you go through that anymore. Why? The shepherd has come. That's why. God's not going to let you suffer the atrocity of confusion. Why? The shepherd has come. That's why. When the shepherd shows up in the house, the house is about to take order. The house is about to receive order. Why the shepherds here? Oh, clap your hands if you can. Clap your hands if you will. In his desperation to try to convince humanity of a lost anticipation, He's attempting to try to speak a parable and put the parable storyline into some kind of relational point because they understand sheep and shepherds. I'll never forget the story of a man, one of the bit of God in our movement, Brother Charlie Mahaney, and he went to Israel. He had a group of people with him, and I I thought, wow, what a what a what a real awakening story to be honest with you he had a group in the bus and they were going down the road one of the roads in Jerusalem and he said I looked up and I saw I saw a bunch of sheep and and I saw a shepherd with the staff and but he wasn't leading them he was beating them he kept beating them and beating them and he said finally I got so mad I thought what is that idiot doing Nobody could say ignorant like Charles Mahaney. <laughs> you got to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he was crazy. <laughs> and so he says, stop this bus. I've had it. And so he, he knows a little bit of Hebrew, he thought. And all you got to do is just go. <laughs> and you're speaking Hebrew. You got it. You're in. Ha <laughs> 
he gets out and he starts telling the guy, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? The guy's looking at him. Wow, wow. He said, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Why are you beating the sheep? What's a shepherd doing beating his sheep? The guy threw his staff down. He said, I'm not the shepherd. I'm the butcher. I thought, oh, God, there's so many people in our culture that have been beat up by the butcher. But I'll tell you, the shepherd is coming. And the shepherd's not going to let the butcher overtake you. The shepherd's not going to let the butcher have you anymore. The shepherd's not going to let the butcher manipulate you because the shepherd has come to heal you. The shepherd has come to restore you. The shepherd has come to... Trust the process. The shepherd's coming. Trust the process. Come on, Pharisees. Don't give up on the promise that was iterated through the Levitical priesthood line that came all the way to you. Come on, Sadducees. Don't give up. The shepherd arrives. Don't become so religious that you lost your relationship. He finally, in his drastic attempt to try to give them parables too, back to back, he said, let me make it plain to you. The thief cometh not but for to steal. You're still trying to find out what I've come to take from you. When I've shown up so I could give to you. I showed up so I could give you life. It was my initial intent and it's still my intent. Said the thief, you got so accustomed to the attack of the thief that you didn't notice when the shepherd arrived. You got so accustomed to the stealing that you didn't know when the giving started. You got so accustomed to the killing that you didn't know when restoration actually began. Lift your hands right now. I feel something sweeping across this sanctuary that wants to heal, that wants to forgive, that wants to give, that wants to restore. I don't know the details of your life, save the Lord revealing them. But God, right now in his intricate intimacy, has come in the closeness of his presence so he could heal, so he could restore, so he could give life, so he could... Let me tell you, if you don't have the Holy Ghost speaking in a heavenly language, get life this morning. Get life. It's the greatest asset you'll ever get in human form upon this planet that God so 
dedicated to loose it into the soul of mankind for the sole purpose of the spirit leading you to the shepherd. Because once the shepherd comes, everything changes. The wolf becomes nervous, fearful, spooked, stirred, and driven out of the camp. The wolf knows why, because the shepherd holds a staff. That staff opens the Red Sea. That staff makes water come out of a rock. When it turns into the rod of God, that's why speaking in tongues is so powerful. Why? Because Proverbs, I believe it's 14, tells you that in the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride. Imagine when God touches that rod in your mouth and that rod, like Moses' rod, turns into the rod of God according to Exodus 4 and 20. When God causes that rod to get anointed, that's why the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues is so essential. Why? That's when God converts your rod. That rod stretched over a Red Sea will open it. That rod hit upon a rock will cause it to spur water. That rod will cause, amen, plagues in the middle of Egypt when Egypt is trying to plague you. Why? Because the shepherd has a staff. The shepherd ever gets to moving, that staff, that staff becomes an amazing tool in the hands of the shepherd. They didn't realize he was the staff. Word made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. Don't ever mess up the order. Don't try to get truth before grace or you'll never understand it. You got to get grace before you get truth. Otherwise, you'll never be able to filter the truth that's coming to you unless you have the grace to filter it. Said, I'm come for a different purpose. You look at me as one trying to steal your flocks. You look at me as one trying to steal your laws. You look at me as one trying to steal your religion. I'm not the one that's come to steal. I'm the one that's come to fulfill. Why? He said, because when grace and truth meet each other and they kiss, he said, that's the greatest culmination that you'll ever see upon planet Earth. I've come to fulfill it. Yet they're trying to destroy. Why? Because it appears that when your ears and your eyes and your heart become hardened because of process of life, time, bad circumstances, amen, through the process of trying to get to God, ruin your perception of God, then when God actually shows up, he's hard to perceive. 
life is what I'm trying to give you. Life is why I came to the synagogue first before I went to Capernaum. Life is the whole reason I showed up manifest in flesh in a stable. Life is the reason I came and you aren't hearing me. You aren't seeing me. You aren't perceiving me, Israel. Receive what I'm trying to bring in the midst of you. And he shouts it from the soul of his spirit as it were God in flesh now trying to iterate at human level with understanding. I am come. Let me make it plain. I am come that ye might have life. That they might have life. And that they might have it more than how you've displayed it. I want them to have it in its original form. When he breathed into Adam, he didn't say, now Adam, before you wake up, let me give you a Bible study. I got 27 studies before you can wake up. So let me teach you how this works. So you can then experience it. He said, no, 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 no. Let me wake you up first. And then I'm going to teach you how this works. That's why that whole brain to soul process, trying to get somebody to understand this before they receive it, is ridiculous. That's what they were trying to do. He said, just get them in a position where they're willing to accept me if I show up. Then have a short little prayer meeting. As short as in Jesus' name. I'm not saying make it that short. I'm just saying it can be that short. So her name was, what was her name? I'm, I'm not good with names. So we're called her, we'll call her Hilda. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're named Hilda. I shouldn't be laughing. Somebody may be named that if they're 90. I better stop. <laughs> so she's running a daycare. She's got a good religious background and she doesn't know anything about God. How is that possible? Welcome to America, where you can get religion without God and feel good about it. I've been to one of those places. And so she had a bad sickness in her body. She couldn't work. It was really causing her horrific problems. And so a friend of mine called. He said, do you think you could pray for her? I said, well, sure I can. She said, can you pray for her? She said, yeah, but I'd rather you pray for her. I said, okay. Tell her to come over to our house. My wife and I will pray with her. So she came over to the house. I said, can I read you a couple stories from the Bible about people that got healed? Why? I want to create an atmosphere. Why? Because without the proper atmosphere, that tells me there's no alignment. So we're going to talk about people that got healed because God's going to heal you. You believe that? She said, yeah. 
I said, okay. So she's standing there, sitting there on the couch, and we read a couple stories, and I said, okay, we're going to pray. Now, when we pray, I'm going to lay my hand on your head. Is that okay? She said, yeah. I said, now, if I start, or my wife starts speaking words you don't understand, don't get nervous. That's God inside of us. And we have the spirit of God in us, and so we're going to pray. In Jesus' name, God's going to start moving on your body. She said, okay. So I said, you can close your eyes now, because I'm not the one healing you. He is. She lifted her hands, and I said, now, Lord, you're the healer. I can't heal one single thing, but you're the healer, and you're in this house. I can feel you right now. Alignment just showed up. What happened? My senses became alive. Now I can see. Now I can hear. Now I can sense. You sense it? Can you sense it? It's here. It's in this room. I feel it all over me right now. It's the same thing that's going to heal you. It's the same thing that's going to deliver you. It's the same thing that's come to move on you. It's the same thing that's going to, you know anybody in Africa? I just got a picture of Africa, and it goes over strands to the left, and I, I saw this family all of a sudden having life, and I saw you, and I saw healing diverting over to that portion of your country. What country is that? Hmm? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where's your lineage? What part? West? I want you to lift your hands. Because what God's going to do is not just send healing that way, but cut off lineage curses. And stuff that didn't belong to you and has tried to trail you. And God's cutting it off because the shepherd has come. I loose you and let you go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, the shepherd is in the house and he's lifted up his staff and he's come to change your world. God. Don't you love it when God interrupts a good sermon? Just keep interrupting me, Jesus, since you're in charge anyway. I'd hate to lose my sensitivity and think I was in charge. All of a sudden, that lady started shaking. I said, can you feel the pains all gone out of your body? She started doubling over. She couldn't do that. I said, now that he's healed you, now he's about to fill you. And she fell out on the couch talking in tongues. Never hurt anybody in her life. God filled her with what? Life. Life. Why? Because the spirit will lead you into all truth. And truth was a person before it was a doctrine because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man can come this direction unless he comes by life, which is Jesus Christ. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Give God a little bit of space. Give him a little bit of space. Go ahead. You say, oh, convince my brain. I don't want to convince your brain. I want to offer you life. I want to offer you life. Let the life giver begin to pull. <laughs> life. The life is in the blood. The life is in the locked up church. Could not you. I was at a locked up church. Couldn't have a breakthrough. So a drop of blood falls on my arm. Out of nowhere. You say, explain it. I can't. It's a signal. It's a sign. I don't know what it is. But God didn't repeat it every week. He just did it once. I didn't ask him for it. I just got aligned. And when you get aligned, stuff you can't explain starts happening. Now, you got to mind that that was after four hours of prayer. It just didn't happen because I said, hey, God, can you throw a drop down here? I didn't even think of that. I never heard of that in my life. Nobody told me that. I didn't read it in a book. I certainly didn't get it from the charismatics. No offense, but I don't read their stuff. They started in the 70s. God didn't start in the 70s. Hello? I don't need their ideas. I, he's got better ones. And I'm not, I'm not dogging them. They can do what they want. But I know where to get mine. And it's at an altar. And it's spending time with God. And it's spending hours. Hours upon hours upon hours upon hours. It's so many times we just waste. Don't we? Let's just be honest. You can spend two hours on the internet and not even know you spent two hours on it, can't you, son? Yeah, because I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I'm looking at you and I'm trying to tell you something. You hearing me? That God is going to curtail some appetites in your life and he wants you to put your attention on him because he's about to change some appetites in your life and that's how you're going to get rid of it. That's a word from the Lord, and you know it's a word from the Lord. I say, turn your eyes. Somebody said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look upon his face. That's an old song that tells you what? Hey, get a line. Why? The shepherd is sure to show up. And when the shepherd shows up, something's going to change after four hours of prayer. I didn't know what to do. I don't know. I don't have answers. He's the only answer. I just said, God, I, we've warred, we've wrestled, we've, we're exhausted. Four hours of heavy intercession is not like praying a couple minutes. Four hours of expending yourself in warfare and spiritual process and trying to engage with the Lord. You realize when this human body gets in the spirit, it's very taxing. 
That's why my legs got wobbly during song service, which is the direct signal that there are a lot of needs in the house. That's happened to me since 1991. That when my legs start to go wobbly in a service, it's the exact direct signal that I get physically in my body. It started first in Denver, Colorado at Bishop Hale's church. I didn't know what it meant then. I know what it means now. And when my legs go wobbly during song service, it's because the needs are being magnified in my physical frame. And it tells me as an indicator what you're going through. And there are heavy loads in the house. But the shepherd is coming. The shepherd has come. Don't you think for a minute he can't change it. Don't you think for a minute that it's destroyed. Don't you think for a minute that it cannot be restored. The shepherd has come into the house. By the time we got done with that morning session, my wife and I showed up that night. And after three years, six people were filled with the baptism of the Holy goes for the first time after three years of nobody receiving anything. Wow. One drop, one breath, one word. Like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Hmm. She said, why? Because I am come. In other words, I'm here. It's time. You sense my presence. You can feel something different. You don't know how to describe it. You keep trying to get answers to facilitate your brain because you want to make sure that this is it. Even John asked him, are you the one? I mean, why would John ask that question? Are you the one or should we look for another? Well, probably more specifically because he was about to lose his head. But yet he still asked the question after he had already heard the resolve. Are you the one? If John had that question, what did the Pharisees have in their minds? If John had that question, what did the Sadducees go through in their mind? We know it. It sounds right. It looks right. It feels right. But we're not sure if it's still right. What's the hesitation? What's the pause? What's the cause and effect? It's the dullness. It's the dullness of hearing. That's what Isaiah said. He said, they're not going to be able to see. They're not going to be able to hear. Their hearts will become, amen, where they can't perceive it. They won't be able, amen, to comprehend. They'll be able to feel it must be it. This feels like it was. That's why the two men on their way to Isaiah, even after the resurrection, said, it was. Didn't our hearts even burn within us? We can sense it. Can't you sense it? You wake up some days and you can you read a headline and you can sense it. It's like, yes, he is coming. It's like you can sense it. Yeah, we are coming to the end. You don't want to voice it because you still got a couple things you want to finish up. <laughs> you know I'm telling the truth. You're going through the same thing. You're thinking, is this the end? Have we have we exhausted time? Is the rapture about to get us out of here? Is this the culmination of all things? You can sense it. Why? Because God always lets an atmosphere show up before the details are exposed. 
and he allows his closest ones to feel it first. It's like this sense that's built into us. It's like this sixth sense of the spirit that when he gave us life, he gave us that ability to sense the things before they show up. You want doctrinal verbiage for that? I've got it. The guy's a prophet. His name is Elijah. He's, amen, about to tear down this whole system of Jezebel, which Jezebel is tied to that El Baal, which is her priestess dad. She was a preacher's kid, just the wrong God. And that arranged marriage with Ahab and that whole scenario and debacle, amen, that took place that's referenced in the same terminology in Ezekiel's writings that is referenced when he's using Tyre and Sidon. And he also diverts for a moment to Lucifer and the fallen angel. That's the same chapter where he's making reference to all this. Really what God is telling us in that scripture, he's saying, I am done with Jezebel. 68 years of torment against Israel and God uses one altar and wipes out 68 years of preparation to try to destroy the prophets of God. I'll tell you how bad the shepherd is, not in a bad way, but in a good way. He is so awesome that he shows up with one piece of fire on an altar and it consumes everything that's within its limits. I'll tell you how awesome this shepherd is. One visitation of the Holy One of Israel and he'll wipe out 68 years of disaster, 68 years of preparatory destruction. And God says, wait a minute, you're not done yet. Why? The king still has one more move. And when God manifested himself in flesh, he's trying to tell him all the killing, all the stealing, all the robbery, it stops here. It stops now. It stops with you. Clap your hands again if you would. Add some voice to that. Add some voice to that. The shepherds come. The shepherds come. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, to destroy. I showed up so you would get life. Satan has come to turn your concepts around and he's taken a long time to do it. He tried to put it into society. He's tried to put it into your books. He's tried to put it into philosophy. He's tried to put it into vain deceits. He's tried to put it into colleges. It started out Christian, and now they're so secular, you wouldn't recognize God if he showed up in physical form. He said he's worked so hard for hundreds of years. But you ever noticed what happened? If you do a study about Satan, it's very interesting in the Old Testament. He shows up four times, but the fourth is not in reference 
reference to a cyclic pattern that he tries to establish over 4,000 years. And it starts when God tells him in Genesis 3 and 14, and I don't have time to go into all this, but essentially he gives him his edict. He tells him, upon thy belly shalt thou go, right? And thus shalt thou eat all the days of your life. So if you study thereafter chronologically, you will notice Satan trying to stand up three different times. And essentially, he's trying to disprove the promise. When he can't get to your promise, he goes after your children. Then he goes after David. He tries to stand up in the midst of David, gets him to number Israel. Then he goes up to Joshua, the high priest, and tries to stand at his right side. And once Satan tries to stand on the right side, God says, nope, that place is reserved. That's the last time you'll do that. And then the next thing you see is Jesus showing up on the scene. Why? Because the devil can plan and prepare and try to modify and try to manipulate and try to change society. And he can try for 4,000 years. And all the shepherd has to do is show up once. And when the shepherd shows up once, you better watch out because nor hell, nor high water, nor circumstance, nor a cross called Calvary is going to keep him down. Why? Because even if you kill it, it's going to resurrect in three days. Even if you bury it, it's going to come out of a tomb somehow. Even if you put it down, it's going to rise up somewhere. Oh, clap your hands and shout. Life has come. That's why if you study Matthew and Luke's writings after that encounter when Jesus met Satan in the wilderness, that was the meeting after Genesis 3. And the in-between stuff, God just waited. <laughs> and he said, okay, now you've tried to trigger the three places that don't belong to you. Promise, inheritance, and power position. Now I'm going to have to come down there myself. Why? Because God was so awesome, he sent somebody else. <laughs> that makes like zero sense. God was so awesome, he came himself. What's the old adage? Brother Norris, if you want the job done right, you gotta do it yourself. Can I get a witness? Everybody that has children, can I get a witness? <laughs> so... So he says, okay, devil. It's not that you push me far enough. It's that you've just run out of time. You know why? When you get a victory and you dance, there's never a completion on hell's part. Because the devil is furious. Read Revelation 12. Why is he upset? 
that he's run out of time. That's not one time. That's every time. When hell attacks you, God's going to make sure that the devil never has enough time to fulfill everything he had planned, amen, to steal, kill, and destroy. Somewhere in that process, the devil is going to run out of time. And when he runs out of time, it's because the shepherd has just shown up. The shepherd has just extended his staff. The shepherd has just come in. Somebody stand up. Somebody shout. Somebody lift your voice and say, the spirit giveth life. Life. Life is coming. Just remain standing. It's the same reference, just remain standing. It's the same reference God tried to establish with Adam and Eve in the garden. Gave them everything they needed. And the way the devil steals from people, here's the first open door. When you start getting this signal, pay attention. You get this urge that you need something else. The garden was the place where Adam and Eve were put where they had everything they needed. Is that right? They had no need of anything. Matter of fact, there's a scripture James brings into light that talks about a position for newborn New Testament church where we literally want nothing. That's the same place. It's the place that was created for Adam and Eve. Why? Because the moment you feel like you don't have everything you need, the devil can steal from you. How does he steal? Negotiates. He will always out-negotiate our flesh. Always. We're not smart enough to contend at flesh level. You can only become smart enough to contend when you're at spirit level. So he said, listen, I'm come. He's come to still. He's been negotiating with you. And he's taken things from you because you thought you didn't have everything you needed. So I've come to complete the process like I gave it to Adam and Eve. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. In other words, in complete completeness so you desire nothing. Because the lure in America is always more, more, more. Is that not right? New device, new this, new that, new the other. Well, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that's new is above the sun. (laughs) So when you get in the spirit, guess where you go? Above the sun. (laughs) That's where all the new stuff is. He said, everything you need. You say, well, I'm lonely. Get in the spirit. Why, here comes life. Well, I'm depressed. Get in the spirit. Why, here comes life. Well, I'm confused. Well, get in the spirit. Why, here comes life. Oh, but I got a bad marriage. Get in the spirit. Why? Here comes life. 
He said, when the shepherd shows up, here comes your restoration. When the shepherd shows up, here comes your healing. When the shepherd shows up, all negotiations stop when the shepherd shows up. That's why in culminating form in the 10th chapter of John, he says, I'm him. He said, well, tell us if you're, if, you're, if you're the Christ or not. Tell us if you're the one. He said, okay, I'm him. And then they try to stone him. He said, I gave you the brain answer, and now you want to do the brain response. <laughs> he said, instead of me giving you an answer for your mind, why don't you receive what showed up in your atmosphere? Let me ask you what you sense. When you walk into the house of the Lord, other than good church, no, 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 what you sense that's come to give you life. Come to close a door and open another one. Come to shut off a dilemma and open another opportunity and dimension. Everybody that wants God to lose life in your circle of influence, come to the altar. Everybody that wants God to loose life in your circle of influence, come to the altar. Everybody that wants God to loose life, come to the altar. Make a decision. Don't be dormant. Don't be teeter-totter. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Decide. Make a choice. Make a choice. Make a choice. Say, I don't have to. It's true. But if you don't, guess what? You already made one. One writer said, if you choose not to decide, guess what you've done? You still have made a choice. <laughs> it's inevitable. You say, well, that sounds like a trap. No, that's the obvious. That's a human action, amen, caused by a human decision that's inside of your consciousness, and you're making that choice right now in the atmosphere of God. It's okay. You're not choosing me or denying me. I don't feel anything from you personally. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the Spirit of God that sent me with a divine word to literally loose you out of your present situation and cause you to realize what's showing up in your world and is about to speak into your world. How many of you don't have the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? You do not have the Holy Spirit Spirit speaking in a heavenly language. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you don't because you're going to get it if you don't have it. And anybody that doesn't have it is going to get it because he's come to give you life. How many of you have the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues? Raise your hand. I ought to see everybody else's hand go up in this place. Amen. Look at this. You realize what's about to happen in this room right now? God is about to lose life in the middle of your circumstance because the shepherd has just shown up. The shepherd has just shown up. Listen to me. Wait, wait, wait. Pull out your wallet if you have it. If, ladies, if you have your purse in your pew, whatever, raise your hand. Amen. But pull out your wallet right now. I want you to speak to somebody else's wallet. Speak to somebody else's wallet. Life is coming into your wallet. I don't know why I'm doing this other than the Lord just probed me. Life is coming into your wallet, son. Stop trying to calculate it. Stop trying to calculate it. I'm just telling you, life is coming. Life is coming to you. Don't be talking to God about how poor you are. Don't be talking to God about what you don't have. Life is coming into your wallet. Now 
Now find yourself a prayer partner. Find yourself a prayer partner, not your spouse, not somebody you live with. If it's possible, try to find somebody that you don't live with. I want you to lay your hands upon their shoulder. I want you to speak into their ear. Life is coming into your human spirit. Life is coming into your world. Life is coming into your set of circumstances right now. Come on, stop chewing your gum, son. You got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Swallow it if you need to. Amen. But I want you to begin to pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Let the spirit which is life, let the spirit of the Lord which has come, that is life of the spirit, giveth life. That's it. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Begin to pray by the spirit of God that is upon you. For as it is written in the word of the Lord, as it is written by the spirit of our God, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest, rest, being the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost being life. Lord, Remosoto, Yat.